My name is Anna. And you're tuned into Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, and stimulating conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. Yes. Hey, Quite an interesting vibe this past. It, it definitely is. Two weeks. <laughs> it definitely is. And not to get into my woo-woo bag, but yeah, we about to feel some effects this week. This week is going to bring some some things in the astrology world. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I love woo-woo Kel. So <laughs> I'm... I want to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, according to the astrology girls and boys, I don't want to leave out the guys, you know, it's for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, um, there's going to be a full moon in Gemini, which is also going to have some reason f- retrograde even though it's not in retrograde yet, but it will be coming in retrograde very soon. I got to look at the date of when the next retrograde is, but I think it's in December sometime. Mercury, Mm -hmm. Gatorade. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this one is supposed to feel like the effects of that. So you're going to have a lot of, we are expecting to have a lot of miscommunication, mishaps. It's going to be a lot of like tensity. It's going to feel like your brain is on ADHD. It's, It's because Gemini is that crazy sign where it's all over the place. Your mind is kind of like going like a Tasmanian devil. So, yeah, just just slow down. Take a break. You know, try to, like, what's the woo? Just, just breathe. Yeah, don't be impulsive with your thoughts and don't be impulsive with your words and say, you know, just be mindful of the things that you're saying. Yeah, I mean, Oh, t- Wusan has been a, a vital thing this past, you know, just this, this past week, just with the stress of, um, you know, just Thanksgiving in general, getting the food together. Get, I did a bake sale. So it was just like doing all that, getting that together. Um, but it was a good lesson, a lot of lessons that I learned in it. And, um, you know, in the midst of that, just hearing all these stories in the media that, that were unfolding over the last two weeks, um, was kind of triggering in the, in the oddest of ways. Um, I think you can only, whether you've been through that or not, you can only hear it so much before it, it still affects you. If you have any kind of, you know, empathy for just women and human beings in general, but Definitely. We'll get into some of that in a bit. Definitely. Yes. So, you know, like you said, this week we are going to be talking about kind of like the strength of a woman. And I would love to say this, you know, back in the day, I um, the society would kind of describe women with adjectives like being meek or, you know, being dainty or being mild-tempered. And personally, you know, I don't feel like I identify with those adjectives and I don't see you as a fire sign. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and and yes, I am a fire sign. I'm I'm a very fiery person, 
But I, uh, when I just think about even just like the women that are in my circle, in my community, in my village, down, not, not even just them, but even just people adjacent to them as well. I feel like I'm around a lot of strong, powerful women. And um, to be a woman, in my personal opinion, you have to be strong. You have to be assertive. You have to be courageous. You have to be compassionate. And you have to be strategic, especially in this, you know, man's world. And, you know, I feel like women, we always carry the, the brunt of the world on our shoulders and we do it with grace and we do it with, with style and we do it with coof and we do it with love. And um, I feel like women kind of really show their strength in an inward place more so than in an outward um, perspective. And, you know, we we see that, especially this week. <laughs> especially yes. this week. We yes. see how women have had to kind of like mustered up the strip that they had and, you know, use their voice to stand on business. <laughs> stand, on- <laughs> stand on business. And, you know, like we said, nor like you said, what you tell them what you told them when we was um chatting about the uh, show before thing, how you gotta show them how to move. Show them how to move in a room full of vultures. Exactly. Okay? Word, exactly. word. Jay Z, um, from the lyrics of Jay Z, not from the the uh, Dirty Money song. Oh, they said that in the Dirty Money song too. Yeah, that 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 was that's one of my favorite songs of theirs too. Um, uh, you make my love come down. You make my love. So it's that song. It starts off with. Show them how to move in a show them how to move in a show them how to move in a room full of vultures. That's like a sample that they keep running in the beginning of the song and throughout the song, actually. That's like the that's kind of like the hook to along with you make my love come down. I don't know why I never paid attention to that, you know. And I think that is it saddens me because I I gotta play it for you. Diddy is one of those ones who basically, you know had like 90s to 2000s on lockdown with all of the soundtracks that we love. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, yeah, it's basically like my my husband's friend, Dalil said, is, is basically a Thanos snap. Like, yeah. it's like, when you try to remove all of his music, you're removing quite a bit, quite a bit. Like, I'm trying to find catalog. this song because now all I see is Ass on the floor. <laughs> when you in the club, get your ass on the floor. When you in the club, get your ass on the floor. Yeah, that was one of my jams too. But um, yeah, it's yeah, you're right. Like it would, it would pain me to see us having to cancel. And oh, here it go, here it go. Hold on. And I know. Nah, we, we, we can't play the diddy part. Right. We can't, can't, play be diddy diddy <laughs> can't be diddy bopping. Can't be diddy bopping no more. Can't be diddy bopping. Goddamn. Now it's, it's like for me, it's the it's the parts of, and I don't know if I'm getting ahead in the program log. Let me bring up the program. Actually, I was just going to ask you to give 
to go ahead and you know give us give no, us no, i want to follow the program log you work you, hard you're on, point. <laughs> you're on point right now go ahead and tell okay them. yes we are we are okay so like as as everybody knows let me give some background um you know most people know if you followed the media if you wasn't you know in another country <laughs> even if you were right. in another country you might have heard this story you know uh that cassie um singer cassie singer model cassie um has sued uh, sent a civil suit to diddy for 30 million i believe it was um for seven i think accounts of uh things that involved everything from sex trafficking of her body, um, rape, um, abuse, um, you know, just, I don't think, I don't know if false imprisonment was part of it, but like just all that stuff was going on. Oh, drugging, drugging, um, against her will, all those different things. Um, and just in general, the fact that she was underneath his, um, Super, not supervision. How would you say that again? Like when someone is your boss. Sorry, um, power. Like, like um, subordinate. Oh, I don't like to use the word support. Yeah, I, I hate to say supervision because that sounds like a parent, but he he was like, like how many years older than her? Almost twenty. It was like nineteen years, nineteen yeah. eighteen years older than her. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, like she. She sued for that. And so, of course, the court case, the court documents came out. And that is what all the blogs got their hands on because that is public information. And I say that because there's so many people that felt like she was on it, like this whole vigilante thing doing this when really this was a part of the New York State um, Adult Survivors Act that's about to, like, it was about to not for lack of better words, age out, basically that she wouldn't be able to file this case under that statute of limitations. Like it was going to be over for her. So. Well, no, you're right. It expired because no one expired. It it did expire as of November 23rd. See? Crazy to me because. Yeah, I need to do some more research honestly on what what that was about. Like why, why it did expire. And also, I know that is possibly why Jamie Foxx is getting sued. Um, who else? Um, another two cases to Diddy. And then one of those cases involves Aaron Hall, which that in itself, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation right there that we'll get into really quick. But, you know, as as it all, you know, was, you could go and do the research yourself. She basically ended up settling like less than 24 hours later. People were like, damn. And I mean, being transparent, I looked at that and I was like, damn. But one, it was a civil case. It wasn't a criminal case. So it doesn't. It wasn't a criminal case. And so that's the operative words, like keywords, civil case not a criminal case. So there was not going to be any kind of, oh, we we in the court and stuff like that. There's more of a burden of proof with this um, criminal cases and stuff. So that was not her goal. Her goal was to get the money right. for damages. Um, and I think she did that intentionally, not necessarily for a book, but I think she did it also f- for herself 
But I think there also was a thing of exposure in there to expose him. I agree. Him. I wholeheartedly agree with you in that I was I was thinking about all the backlash that she was getting from, you know, the world <laughs> on like, oh, why does she cop out and just settle for the money, whatever. But sometimes, and, and I love the fact that this goes back to what I was saying with women having to bear the world on our shoulders mm-hmm. and... I feel like this is a great example of us like taking back our power and saying, I'm not going to carry the world's drama on my shoulders. I don't have to be the hero in this situation. I have to do what's best for me. And what's best mm-hmm. for me looks like getting this coin and giving you the door, opening the door with the crack so that all these other ones, because it's not like it just happened to her. Let's be, let's be really frank and be fucking for real and know that if it's, if he did all of those things to her, imagine what he has done to other people over the years so she left the door just enough crack for all of those skeletons to come floodgating out and that's exactly what we're seeing so um i'm I'm proud of her yeah because that i'm sure that that took a lot for her to to do to have the courage to do especially when she was underneath that type of control and abuse for so long. And, you know, we're going to get into Black Cake a little later, but I just saw in the latest Black Cake episode when the sister, Benny, was talking to the um, cops. Just that ep- just that portion of the episode when she's talking to the cops, telling them, okay, you know, I want to sue this guy, you know, for abusing me, you know, just to go up against how my brother just whipped his ass, basically. And, um, you know, he's like, basically the doc- the cop was like, okay, well, do you have pictures of this? Do you have, um, any kind of filings from before you was, you did this, like after the first, you stayed with him after the first time that he hit you, like, did it happen again after that? It's going to be pretty hard to prove in a court that he did this. Well, you're just going to have to put a, a restraining order on him. That little piece of paper. And, and even that only 72 so hours. Hard. And even that is so hard to get a restraining order. Like, it's not as easy as people make it seem. <laughs> and when and when someone is threatening your life, when you try to run away, which Cassie did do, mm-hmm. if you read the document, you'll see that she did try to run away multiple times, even after, like, right after he was beating on her, you know. And he still ran up on her and had his team bring her back to his house, bring her back to the hotel they're both staying at. Da, 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 da. You know, th- you have to understand what that could do to someone's psyche to make them feel like, I don't think I can ever get away from this person. There's just too many. This It's just, he's like an octopus. I just have too many yeah, tentacles. He has too many tentacles in too many places for me to feel like I could ever get away from. I can't even go to freaking Dubai without this nigga having somebody that could come and get me. You know, so I am proud of her for having the the courage and strength to do this, knowing that he could still touch her, God forbid, that he could still, you know, try to do something to her if he wanted to. Right. That took a lot of courage. I don't care what nobody says. Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah. And, and now the funnier parts of the story, which is not funny, but, um, you know, the whole concepts of, you know, all these interviews that are leaking with Diddy saying, wow, shit. 
and there and these these interviews have leaked prior to this before i've seen a couple of these interviews before right. i got aaron hall one so the aaron hall one that one was wild basically he was on there which is why he's part of part of one of these um civil suits now one of these suits uh that was filed from the early 90s he was on there talking about how all the dudes jodeci jamie fox and i know they um, like and diddy <laughs> wait who i said i know they all like niggas <laughs> <laughs> Did nobody tell you to add? And, and, the, and another thing with that mm-hmm. is, I, what I don't understand is when, and I guess this is, it goes back into the SVU bag, when people are creating videos, like, why right. would you have that trophy for someone to That's the nasty. You? That's the nasty part about it, like our friend Brittany was saying. Like, it's just like, y'all was up there, you know, reliving the glory moments and stuff. Um, like locker room talk you know basically i didn't finish what i was saying aaron hall was saying that all those people and other dudes in the industry have seen him have sex with women and that he likes to have sex in public now when you hear that at first you're like hmm oh they all on some freak stuff Mm -hmm. but when these kind of allegations come out and suits come out it's like oh were those women drugged right to be having sex in front of all these guys like like just freely having public. No, I'm not saying people don't like to have and you sex in public like when it's consent. Yeah, the key word is consent. Yeah, but it's, it's giving it's giving train. It's giving rape vibe groups group rape, gang rape vibes. When it's like all these people, you know, were present, and you went in this particular case is saying that the woman was coerced to go and have sex under pressure with Diddy. And mm-hmm. then here came Aaron Hall behind him, um, forcing her to have sex with him. Imagine that. And you know? Given, like, you know what I'm really getting at by? Like, he probably was like, oh, no, you're not going to be fucking in my house and I'm not getting none. And feel like he tried well, to his e- use his word. ego to be able to be like, oh, well, now I got to get it. I'm going to finish her off or whatever the case may be. And that's just nasty. Yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. That that I could I don't know this man, but after that clip that I saw, I feel like that was in the clip, <laughs> and it wasn't sure. like that. Sounds very much like something he would say. It's right. So. It's very on brand, and even just like the whole grooming of it all, like Cassie. Yeah. Being a, before I even knew Cassie being a baby, Diddy has had a long line of having young ass women. Misa was what 17 yes when they got together um i don't remember how old kim was kim porter was but i feel like i think they might have been similar in age at that time because um they were all young when they started uptown records so Mm -hmm. yeah and him dating carisha and carisha i don't even think is she even 30 yet i don't think so Carisha, let me look it up. I don't think she's 30 yet. I feel like she's, if she is, she might be 30 this year. But she's super young. And he's like, what, 50? 54? Yeah, so to your point, she's going to be 30 next year. She is 29. She'll be um, 30 um, next year in February. (laughs) 
him dating Lori Harvey after his oh, wedding. Oh, yeah. Like, just. And when he started dating those type of young girls, I was just like, is he having sex with them? And I know that's like a weird question, but it, that was always something like, I don't, I don't doubt certain other men would be having sex with these young girls, you know, cause that's always a trope, like having a sugar daddy. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what you had to give them. You got to give them some sugar, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> In order to get some money. So that's the like gross part of it. Um, you know, I don't doubt that he ever had sex with women and, and stuff like that, but I don't know. For some reason with these women, I always questioned it with Lori Harvey and with Young Miami. I was like, is he really having sex with them? Or is he watching them have sex with somebody else? Or is are they a beard that's just a stand-in? You know, and then this comes out about him watching Cassie, forcing Cassie to have sex with other men and watching it masturbating to it, recording it, you know, blah, 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 child. And then all the, all the videos of him talking to these rappers and I want you to come party with me. Why don't right. you? Right. <laughs> it's just gross. It's gross. And it, it, you know, it's gross when even the men is like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, cringing, cringing and stuttering. Fabulous is like, uh, cuz, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I mean, uh, (laughs) it was a, I'm trying to remember who was in this interview. I know it was, he's a comedian. Jadakiss. It was Jadakiss. Oh, it was another interview. It was a comedian, Desi. I think it was Desi. Um, and it was him, Walker Flocker, and someone else. And he was like, yeah, you know, what's one thing I should be prepared for in this industry? I'm, I'm new to the industry. And they were like, don't go to take that, take that house parties or manager parties. And, and Walker just like, they like had this pause moment where they looked at each other and they like bust out laughing. And it's just hey, like, yo. oh, what we having at these parties? <laughs> Hey yo, wait. Who else is it? Oh, Lil Rel. Lil Rel is probably the comedian because I think it's their podcast together. Him, mm. Walker Flocka. Yeah. So- <laughs> then it's just like right, and I I do foresee somebody brought up a good point though, and I do want to read that really quick before we move on to the next topic, if I can find it about a media tactic that apparently some people do um, in order to kind of take the the light off of them or, or the bad light, I should say, off of them. I think this is it here, yes. So um, at the Black Media said on a Shade Room post that was talking about uh, basically the uh, survivors um, act being exploited to but this is um puffy's uh spokesperson saying this um that the the adult survivors act was being exploited um to put these extra new cases on them and basically what the black media said was i was taught a marketing tactic years ago to minimize an actual situation pay people to file false claims against you which will inevitably be dropped This will act as a scapegoat 
that can be used as a way to as a way back into the public. Headlines to follow would be cases drop blank free of charges. Blank is free of charges. Statement release. See, we told you so many people are trying to get money from blank. It's a way to create a story which diminishes the actual story, which either has yet to come out or could potentially come out or has already come out. I used to get hired to create spins. Just a thought that I'd share. Not everything you read is as it seems. And I think that could be true. But also we're living in a post-Me Too world. And we saw how, you know, Harvey Weinstein had all of those trials and all of those women came through. And all of those things were actually factual. And then we saw the same thing with Bill Cosby. And to this day, he's still getting endless, you know, charges. So I feel like, yes, that could be, I, I think two things can be true. But it's, for his case, I think he's just nasty. And it's always been a little bit of a, what's the word I want to look for? Is it, I want to say nefarious. Yeah, like, it's always been like that. Nefarious. No, no, no. Yeah, like a dark dark cloud around him. him yes yeah a dark energy right a dark exactly. energy this always... dark energy around him yeah. and i agree i think to add on to what you're saying that i think that um even if it isn't true which i get what the guy was saying i you know for people that may not understand what he was saying especially being in the marketing world that's just a way marketing and pr that's just a way to try and get your client off the hook and for people to still be in their corner and stuff like that is what he was saying. He's not saying like, oh, he he didn't do it. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But yeah, I think that he definitely did the Aaron Hall one. For and sure. two, I think he did both of them. And three, even if he didn't do one or two, whatever of those those two cases, he definitely did that to other women and women have talked about it. There was one um, Asian woman, Southeast looking Asian woman. I do not remember her name, but he, she was an ex of Diddy's. And um, basically he, she was on some radio station or some podcast in, I think Florida, which is, you know, he's been living in Miami for some time. Oh, now. is this one of the, you baby- saw that clip? I think I know what you're talking about. Um, she was before she was the one who was beefing with, um, I think it was her. I think it was her. Because I'm like, it's either her or he had another woman that looked like her that he was dating too. Like he just had like, that was his type. Kind of like Chris Brown. Like he was dating her. Because the girl that's his newest baby's mother, she Asian too. So like, you know, I, that's why I wasn't sure. Is that the same girl that was beefing with Carisha to be speaking out like that? I was like, maybe it's another another one of them girls. But either way, she was talking about how she was seeing some other guy when they were off and on or something like that. And it got pretty bad in her words. And he um, he was beating her up. He was hitting her on the sides of her head so her face wouldn't be um, visibly harmed. And then when she was on the floor from being hit in the head, he ended up um, stomping her stomach. I'm like, yo, like, and I believe it because I see, I've seen things with Diddy in the, in the media, you know, when the hate me now video came out, that was like one of the first times I saw 
them talk about how Diddy gets down. Like he did not want to be depicted as Jesus on the cross. And I think it ended up playing on TRL. I remember this. We were like little girls when Hate Me Now mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember this big scandal of how he went, um, he got arrested for it because he ended up beating this guy down with a bat, I believe yeah. it was. Is that in the, the studio. Shine Yes, that was the shine time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was a, those were two separate incidences, but they were all in that same time period. And so um, that's why I'm just like, yo, ever and since so that, somebody. Like when people see Diddy, you, you think of this corny guy that's very flashy and just. Shiny suit man. <laughs> you also think of someone who's a tirade, though. You think of mm-hmm. someone who's hard, but you don't think of this level of nefarious activity. Right. Definitely don't think on this level. Um, so we, you know, me and Kel have actually seen this man in person before from some of the stuff, the work that we've done. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think what, what permeates through working with Diddy is this level of... Um, intentional excellence and if you don't get it right like you have this gut fear in your stomach like yo i have yeah, to perform I, and i'm gonna try <laughs> really a lot of pressure very, right yeah i'm gonna try very lightly with what we say because we of course some things but, i wasn't gonna go any further <laughs> right but um <laughs> but um we ain't naming no names or nothing like that but i just feel like it permeates through people underneath yeah, like the people directly underneath him, I would say, not like some of the other people, like mm-hmm. you know, none yeah. of the females per se. Right, right. No, the no, males. No. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think he I think it's a part of his work culture is to kind of have that toxic masculinity fear mongering type mm-hmm. of uh feelings <laughs> i think that's the yeah. best fear mongering is yeah. correct it's I a fear that, that, that was definitely like the energy yes the energy in a room working with him yes so. <laughs> and um and we didn't work directly with him just right. to be clear but you know it was an interesting experience but um i i feel like the podcast that we listened to mm-hmm. that person talked about someone that they know yeah that also worked with that person Mm -hmm. and that she i don't think she identified the the gender of the person i can't remember if she did but um like if she said it was a woman or not but someone tells me it's a woman that Mm -hmm. we know and i was talking to someone else i think my cousin about it i was like wait a minute (laughs) she knows her and she's talked about her before. So I, I just would really, I, I just would like to know if it was her. But yeah, anyway, I've been meaning to tell you that. I'm sorry we had to speak in code. Yeah. Y'all, but like, I've been meaning to say that to you, Kel. Like, is she saying it was her that saw that? But <laughs> um, yeah, that would that would make sense. So anyway, <laughs> let me pour my little glass of wine. Um, you know, on a, on a serious note, like 
a shout out to Cassie. Shout out to all the survivors. You know, we gonna cheers to y'all because yeah. it takes balls. It, it takes, takes balls. balls. Yeah, it, it takes balls. balls. And, and, and a ball headed scallywag ass slim thug. We we. <laughs> talking about oh i thought she was a another race trying to take advantage of a black man it's always about taking advantage of a black man whether she was another race or not him doing that to her like you think nothing would excuse that type of behavior nothing. even if she nothing. was a white woman yeah and i know it's 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 different with the whole the issues that we have in the in the black community with white women crying wolf so to speak of rape and stuff Emmett Till all that different stuff but the thing is nobody except for idiots like Paula J. White have come out and said I think that's her name and said um there's big booty hoes up with it it's like <laughs> oh do you get to choose your sex partners if you're being did she say if you're being raped or sex traffic, do you get to choose your sex partners in a uh, and and have sex with them in luxury hotels? Ma'am, right. what do you think they're doing with the, the, the people that they sex traffic trafficking overseas? Oh, they be having them draped. Yeah. They be having them little girls draped and decked out in diamonds for the highest bidder. Yes. If you're being sex trafficked, that's what that's what happens. Yes. It's not, they not just effing little girls in the alley. Right. Like, what kind of nonsense was that? And she was like, you know, I'm just used to being like, all the pretty girls got what they wanted. I'm, I'm used to getting it out the mud. Something along those lines, she says. So I'm well, like, what is the identity crisis? Ma'am. Wow, I never heard that interview. Oh, it was something she had posted on her Twitter account. Oh, even worse. Like a day after. I'll have to DM it to you. Wow. No, you know what? I'm gonna look it up. I'm looking up. Crazy. She said this I'm like this was like post the Diddy situation? Yeah. hmm It was about the Diddy situation. What? That's wild. And and it'd be your own people. When I say your own people, like women. And then of course my phone died. Okay, sorry. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> y'all can find her yeah, on just. <laughs> If she doesn't delete it, send it to you after the fact. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, um, salute to the ladies. Cheers to y'all. Cheers. And I hope that you find peace because I know that bringing this back up and having to relive it, and then knowing that there's going to be so many naysayers judging you, that in itself is a new level or form of trauma that you have to experience. So I wish them nothing but the best and that they, they find peace sign off of social media. Cause it's a, a lot of voices on there. Um, but even outside of that, they have to see it on the news and stuff, especially Cassie. I hope she's right. away somewhere in freaking Bora Bora with her two kids and her husband. Right. And, you know, I'll, something, this is the last note that I have on that is when people were talking about the fact that she took the money and if you really just think there's no amount of money in the world that will equivalent to 
justice of how much money she should get from this type of situation. But you do the best that you can with it. And um, she deserves every single coin that she gets, every single penny. Every single one. Every single one. And that's yeah. none of our business with that mm-hmm. But Because after mm-hmm. all, just like Kiki Palmer, she did not file this claim with us in mind. <laughs> like, right. This was just, it was public knowledge. It's public information. So that's why we know about it. Exactly. I wonder if laws will start to begin to change to kind of hide and conceal that information. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just like when someone gets a divorce, yep. when someone files a divorce, it's public. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Hmm. Things to think about. Well, let's yes. move on to yes. the next part of the show. We're going to go on, speaking of just women being, you know, taking back their power and going through difficult situations, we're going to do our book review on Walk Through Fire. So Walk Through yes. Fire is by Sheila Johnson, which is the co-founder of BET and the first African-American woman billionaire who shares her deeply personal journey through love and loss and tragedy and triumph. And honestly, it's a really, really inspiring story about her overcoming toxic, and when I say toxic, I mean toxic influences, Mm. Mm. (laughs) discovering Mm. her true self, and at last finding happiness in her work and in life. When I tell you, I wanted to read this book so bad, um, I had seen a bunch of people on TikTok review it first, and I was like, yeah, I want to read something about women who are um, doing major things and that are you know, are inspiring and empowering. So I was really, really excited to read this book. And it did not disappoint. I literally read it in a day. (laughs) And when I say read it, I I did cheat a little. I did read it through Audible, but it's nothing like here. How many hours is it? Hmm? I'm sorry to cut you off. How many hours is it on Audible? Um, Was it seven, I want to say? I want to say... Oh, you could get through that in a day. Was it seven? Hold on, let me look. Let me not lie to you. That's like half the size, half the length of um, the Jada Pinkett book. You could get through that in a day. Okay. Hold on, I don't want to lie to you. It might not be. Okay. (laughs) I am going to it. I mean, that's what I've been hearing, though, while you're looking. That's what I've been hearing, that people have gotten through it within one day. Like, they didn't, they didn't, it didn't take them long to get through the book at all. It was a super page turner. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, Come on. Oh, yeah. Seven hours. Yeah. Seven hours and 42 minutes. It was a very, yeah. And it was one of those things, like, I know you didn't. Like you had so many emotions mm-hmm. reading this book. And um, I was listening to the book. It was like a day where I was kind of out in the streets or whatever. So I was driving and it was like points where I was in the, um, I was getting some faux and or pho. And <laughs> I'm there I'm and so I'm confused. getting- Is it pho or pho? Like I've been well, wondering. It, it's pronounced pho, but you know, we black, we black, right. we read it as pho. <laughs> But yeah, I was having some fun and I was literally in that thing about to cry. <laughs> I was like, all the yeah. emotions that you like that she has gone through and like just the strength and agility that, you know, she did had to have to come out on top. So 
spoiler alert for some of the things I'm, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go over some of the main highlights of the story. And I'm by far not going to tell you everything because it was so much that happened in those seven hours. But um, I'll start mm-hmm. with the first time that she experienced disappointment was dealing with the abandonment and disappointment in her first with her first love, which was her father. She was um, um, came, came from a pretty good background. Her father was a doctor. Her mom was an accountant. They were kind of like upper middle class, you know, and um, they, what was the time period again? It was like the 60s, right? I want to say even the 50s. No, you might be right. It might have been the 50s. I I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was like the 50s. um, But like later 50s, not early 50s. Um, So yeah, it was like the 50s or whatever. And it was... They came from a middle class, upper middle class background. You know, they were a pretty happy family. Very like up there in the social realm from all the black women and the black communities. People looked up to them. They loved to come and part, party at their house. They were like the social house, the the people that, oh, I want to look up to you. I want to be like them, whatever. It was that type of household or whatever. And her father, you know, always viewed her as the apple of his eye. He would have her come along to, um, to look at him, do his surgeries, because he was a surgeon. And, um, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know they could do that back in the day. But, you know, sanitary rules, a little stuff was different back in the day. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, she would be in the room, operating room, while her father is doing these procedures and she's learning so much. She was always had, like, a love for music. So she picked up on that as well. And then one day her father just decides to run off with the nurse <laughs> and said, fuck his family, fuck his wife, and fuck his daughter. And literally was just like, just left them. Like he, he, he just disappeared. So um, she came, she recalls a time where she comes home in the kitchen and her mom is literally on the floor, just distraught. Having a nervous breakdown. Having a whole nervous breakdown. Like, what am I going to do? Because he was the breadwinner of their family. You know, this, we're talking about the fifties where, you know, you're making $2 an hour. You know, right. So, like, and and imagine what type of home they were living in for them to for him to be working in that field of work, be the breadwinner, and then to just up and leave, up and leave, and to be like, for you you know, figure it out. Like that's so heartless. It was. I really want to know. Like, did she ever figure out more of that in the book? more about like his side not not giving him i just need more of an explanation like we all would love to have more yeah. of an explanation but no she did wow. have, she did meet up with him later on in life and mm-hmm. uh, it was like at his his brother's um bedside his brother was getting ready to die of a disease and um i think it was like cancer or something like that and she saw she did make a note of when she saw him at the hospital and he got on her and he was like she was an adult at this point had kids and everything and he was just berating her about gifts that she had sent him and it was like why would you get me this type of gift and after that she completely cut him off didn't have anything to do with him didn't want anything to do with him and realized like that's just not for me so no we never got the answer as to like why she really was with her daddy yeah 
she really was like like when you get into bob johnson they'll understand but like she really was because that sounds like something bob i didn't finish the book just fyi but like that 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 really sounds like bob johnson like what he would do and i just hate how it's just like in black cake i love how they show that in black cake like how history continues to repeat itself that's why you have people like kiki not giving excuses but this is like things that happen why chris brown saw his mother being beat on and then he did it why kiki palmer's um baby father their their father was doing that to their mother and then he's repeating that same energy it's just cyclical and this is what the bible talks about you know getting in Mm -hmm. the bible bag yep yep you know this is I don't know if this is also said in other religions or other beliefs, but this is what they talk about with generational curses, mm-hmm. how it just repeats itself, whether you want it to or not. And I know you're going to get into what she said after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. After so the like her now. mom is on the floor and she's trying to help her mom pick up the pieces and they're just trying to figure out like how to move forward. She kind of, she swore to herself that she would never go through something like that again. And never put herself in that type of situation where a man has that much power and control over her and to the point where she she doesn't have anything. And, you know, just like you said, generational course curses is sometimes it's so hard to break. It's so hard to break those generational those um, generational curses. But, you know, you gotta power through and sometimes I guess life you happens. Do, right. It can happen. It can happen, but it it still may touch you. Yeah. Like if you're the one that's going to break it, like part of it is recognizing that that is a curse that has happened. And now it's like your job that even if you had to go through similar anguish and stuff, it's your job to to break it. And that's the hardest job of them all. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you could just continue the, 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 cycle. the cycle or you could break free of the cycle. And that's hard. It's hard to break any cycle. Yep. Look at niggas trying to lose weight. <laughs> it's hard to break. It's hard not to eat another slice of sweet potato pie. Listen, it right really now. is. It really is to the point where... Night starts Monday. Night <laughs> like, starts Monday. I feel you. Because I, I am going to go upstairs and have another piece. I'm I, not going to lie to you. I can't even have meat <laughs> in my house because if I do, like, I have no self-control. None. None, <laughs> but that's besides the point. We're right there with you, sister. Right there with you. So yes. So anyway, so Sheila is trying to help her mom alongside their mini community, and because her mom, they, her mom didn't have any siblings, so she had like this friend that was kind of like her, her godmom in a sense, and she, it was just, it was them, and they worked together to figure out how to you know, pick up the pieces and learn how to move forward. But it took a while for her mom to even get in motion to be able to do that to the point where, you know, Sheila had to pick up a job. She had to make money as well to figure out how to help their family together. Because it was her, her mom, and her brother. Um, Yeah, and her brother. So Sheila, you know, she's doing what she has to do to help her mom and they're trying to move on with their life. And then Sheila goes, she gets to college. And even getting to college was was rough and she had the support of you know this lady who was able to her mentor i think her name was susan i don't want to 
but your name. I feel like her name was Susan. But yeah, her mentor basically helped her get into college and make sure that she was able to to get there because while she was in high school, you know, it was like so so many adver- ad- adversaries. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yes, adversaries that would come in her way where they were like trying to discredit her or not allow her to be able to to do her music or take her seriously. So, like, it was a teacher in particular who was trying to, like, he basically lied on her and said that she, you know, she wasn't going to amount to anything. And he he was just really trash and just really kind of, like, trying to set her up for failure. But the teacher, this new teacher that came in, got a chance to give her a chance to get to know her, understood her, and decided to kind of, like, mentor her to help her to get to where she wanted to be, where she needed to be, and even helped her get into college. So, it is so important to have a community of people and that's one thing she did have and the fact that her father left her she feels loved in all of the wrong places like oh he cares about me he just wants me to be up under he wants me to spend time so she's viewing those things that would be more normally viewed as like possessive as attractive and she's feeding into it so at one point she like I said, she was really into music. So she had this record player. She had this particular song that she really, really loved. She played the violin. That was something that was like her thing. And at one point, one of her one of her records gets missing, and she's mm-hmm. like, "I can't find it. I don't know where where is that or what's going on." And it turns out that this nigga stole her record and gave it to another bitch. Could, and the audacity, child, the audacity, the audacity that you the audacity and give it to another bitch, and then act like everything is cool. Like, what do you mean? You must have lost it. The mind games, the manipulation. It's the it's the gaslighting for me. That's gaslighting, right? It is. That's gaslighting. Yeah, yeah it's gaslighting. Yeah. That's textbook definition of gaslighting. So he, you know, he takes the record, play it or whatever. He gives it to the girl, and then, um, yeah, it was just it was just trash. He's done so many, so many things, so many things. That was just one of the things that he did. When like were- when he didn't want her to fast forward to when you know he left and he was supposed to go to Princeton, he comes back. Oh, I forgot about that part. Maybe you should. I'll describe it. So no, basically. No, he comes back there was another thing i'll say that in a second that he did but basically he comes back because she starts dating other people when he's away at princeton for grad school and when he he finds out she's dating other people he drops out of princeton comes back and he punches a hole in the wall saying she's going to be with him and while it like briefly shook her up it also made her think she said she was thinking okay he's just so passionate about wanting me to be with him this is how he showed it and you know i think especially if he was crying too the average girl especially at that age i'll say even me i probably would have thought that too i ain't even gonna front i would have saw that not even coming from being in an abusive relationship or having an abusive not even having that experience I would have saw that and thought that, oh, wow, he really it wants to be with me. Right. I wouldn't have seen. So I couldn't even fault her in that moment. Um, but the other thing, when she was supposed to graduate and this Negro, is that gaslighting too? When he said, well, I came back for you. Yeah. So you're going to her graduation. 
you don't need to go to your graduation. We just need to move after this back to Princeton so I could go to school. He didn't even have summer classes. He just was, well, I don't know if he had summer classes, but it was like the gap of time. It wasn't like, you know, you graduate in May and summer classes start in like June. Like it's right. not like it's right away. It's not going to be the day after, you know, no graduation. To do that. He could have let her go to her graduation. He was of just college. And asshole. she said it broke her mother's heart. And that was after, that actually was after she decided to marry him. Yeah. In which, and which he left her on the wedding night <laughs> in a hotel, just dipped. Just dipped. This is why it took me a while to read the book because honestly, because of everything that was going on in the media, it was a a little too triggering. You know what it felt like? It felt like a friend that I wanted to help and I couldn't, even though she's come out on the other side of this, I can see how that could be cathartic for someone else to read that has been through that or been that person, how they could read that and like, be like, Oh, you know, like enjoy it. But for me, I felt like I was that teenage girl again that wanted to help their friend and <laughs> couldn't. And I was just like, you know what? I need a moment. I get it. I get too it. Much, Especially with too everything much happening. Up. Too much abuse going on. And I just and it's been like I cannot back, sit back. here and be angry reading this book right now. <laughs> yes, it definitely gives you a lot of emotions. And like that was like when I say that Sheila has been through so much with Bob, so much down to signing loans, down to dealing with his cheating, down to dealing with his disrespect from emotional abuse too. Signing loans to start BET. Right. I don't know if you said that in the beginning, Kel, that, yeah. that, that that's who this person is. Sheila Johnson is the wife of Bob Johnson who started BET Networks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. that's where the, the ethos comes in. So mm-hmm. The co-signer, the co-sign—I mean, the co-founder of BET, the quiet co-founder, because oh. you would have never. All you ever see is Bob Johnson, Bob Johnson, Bob Johnson, but you oh. never hear about Sheila Johnson, other than which I'm sure you'll get into later in another episode or this episode, but uh, right, <laughs> uh, Salamander Resorts and all of that. Exactly. So she just she went through so much, and to the point where it led her back down to just trying to overcome and trying to find herself and she was trying to make excuses for him and make excuses for why she needed to stay and she was just trying to help get him she wanted to please him at the, at the end of the day I think that was her main thing is just she wanted to make him happy because she was trying to speak to the little girl inside of her that was left and that was abandoned from her father and I think we should probably split it up into two episodes no I was going to say that too I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I honestly feel like we should have did that with the Jada, the Jada Pinkett book. Yeah, because it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot to unpack. But yeah, so I feel like I missed lot. key points with the Jada. Oh, sorry, say that again. No, I'm, no, I was just saying. Yeah, that, we're just gonna leave it there because I was. It's so much to unpack in this book. It's so much. It's a lot of. It really happening. is. <laughs> I feel like I left out key points with the Jada Pinkett book, and I don't want to do that with this book. But the point that the reason why we bring that up in this episode is because. You know, you'll see even more so in future episodes how she still moved like a, you know, moved in a crowd full of vultures. You know, having the husband that she did, having the people that were trying to get in her way, having the father that she did, she still persevered. And that's the part of the story that 
that is so endearing for anyone to read um to just learn about how like this person was able to overcome as Kel just said and and be very successful it's it's man that's why color purple is my favorite movie i know that's <laughs> random to say but like woo! like i have to be in the mood to watch it because i'm gonna cry every single time yeah every single time <laughs> we saw the play shout out to our girl jaleesa who was in it we saw saw the play in um where was that silver spring either way wherever it was some baltimore i don't know um but either way we saw that and I cried watching the play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like it's such good. an endearing story of a of women overcoming all of these obstacles in their way. As black people, we already had to overcome obstacles and then being a black woman, you had to overcome obstacles and then being a battered and abused black woman, you have to overcome inner obstacles and outward obstacles very very violent outward obstacles all at the same time and to escape that and to make it it's a great thing it's a beautiful thing it's a it's a great um role model role models to look up to yeah Mm -hmm. you want to give them a quick update on black cake oh yeah sure 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 so <laughs> so we just watched the last uh where did we last leave off um i think we're on what did we last um we did we talk about the episode where he got arrested i don't know if we talked about that no okay so the the latest i like like kel said we'll just do like quick updates with black cake chow boo so basically mm-hmm. they find out about the sister the sister finds out that she is adopted and her parents her adopted parents basically treated it like it was no big deal they were just like or they tried to s- kind of sweep it under a rug and kind of sun her like oh, look we did the best that we could like we we took care of you we loved you blah 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 and it's like Yo, y'all told me I was Sicilian and I'm black. <laughs> like, straight up. That's a big difference. Black and Chinese. And then whatever else she is, which we'll get into that in a second. Um, but, you know, the theory is or was, um, no, currently is because we there's still another episode or two to go. But the theory is that she is the child of the white man that raped Eleanor. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, oh, snap. So Eleanor got pregnant when she got raped. Blah, blah, blah. So she's just like, what am I kind of vibe? And she doesn't want to go at first to meet this woman or meet this woman's family that, you know, has a message for her. So uh, Benny is dealing with that. The, The daughter... The, I guess the second daughter of Eleanor. She's dealing with that. What's his name? Uh, Bert? What, what's, what's the son's name? All I think it's B&B. I, I have know, something right? to tell you. I, think it is <laughs> I can't remember. No, Bert is the, the Bert is the father. And then Benny is the daughter. And then Byron. Byron. Yeah, Byron. Right. Byron. So Byron, Byron, <laughs> then, 
Byron, um, you know, he's dealing with the whole issues of his job not respecting him and putting respect on his name. <laughs> in a nutshell, as a black man and all the things that he's accomplished. I don't know why I looked at this post and I got scared. I gotta stop. <laughs> hey, yo. Oh my God. I can't. Okay, so anyway, sorry. Byron. <laughs> Byron was like, you know, dealing with his girlfriend of like probably eight years, just whatever they are off and on. She's somewhat significant because she was at the dinner when they like poo pooed on Benny for being one gay and then also being kind of just haphazard with her life, like just flaky. Yes, flaky. Correct. So she ends up, um, you know, coming back over to the house after he kicked her out the last episode for telling him, you know, you need to stand up for yourself. That they're, they're hiring the white man as the or that's similar to you in roles or whatever as the, you know, whatever the next supervisor supervisor role was or whatever that he was going for. And he, this man is a marine science biologist, I believe, marine biologist. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, like, you know, he's very prestigious and. And they always have him speaking at different panels and stuff like that. But here they are going and, you know, he's good as a mascot, but he's not good enough to be hired in this role of power, right, to to level up. And so that's what she was basically saying to him. But she was like, you know, your your father was a, a civil rights lawyer. And your mother accomplished all this stuff as the first black surfer woman or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, how how could you just do that or whatever? And, you know, he ends up saying, like, don't be trying to throw that in my face right now, blah, blah, blah. So he kicks her out. So she comes back this episode to the house and apologizes. And then they're talking on the couch and she's empathizing with him, finding out that he has a sister he had knew nothing about. And that homegirl... You know, he gets a phone call and they ask this man from his job. The job calls him and they ask him to do a panel discussion, which is so abusive <laughs> in the work workplace abuse is gonna be another conversation. But <laughs> another episode for sure. But workplace abuse is going on and he feels the pressure to show up. And so she decides in that moment to break up with this man. I was like, what in the <laughs> Her timing was was bad from the beginning. Her timing was bad and she admitted that it was bad. It was just a whole point of her coming back to the house to apologize because the timing was bad. Just to to be like, I was like, this gotta be some book stuff because I'm like, I hope in real life nobody would actually do that. Like (laughs) nobody, but I guess people would. I guess like, she was like, let me go ahead and get out of here. She said, listen, I, I love you, but it's not enough. I gotta respect you. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's a real concept. But or a if you real look at thing. the whole picture of all this shit that is happening, ma'am. Like, come on. Are you serious right now? Like, you gonna break up with this man after he just told you all that stuff? He's going through all these emotions with his mother with his mother passing, and you gonna put the pressure on him to lead a revolt at his job? Like Come on, like you got to, he got to be able to handle one thing at a time. Like, I don't know. That's just how I saw it. I agree. But, I, I feel like she didn't have 
any empathy. Yeah. None at all. And some people say, well, he kicked out the house the day before, so like he kind of deserved it. But I'm like, did he? Right. Did he deserve that? And I thought he apologized to her too. He did. So I don't agree with that. He apologized. It wasn't like he was just stubborn and like, oh, well, thank you for apologizing. You know? Anyway, Benny decides to turn a new leaf and she decides to break up with dude that was beating on her. And long story less long, she goes to the house to break the sculpture that they made of her body, you know, kind of take back some of her, her um, power in that relationship, which I was like, yes. But then, of course, dude pulls up to the house, which, of course, everybody was on edge because it was like, damn, you had to go to his house to break the, the, the sculpture? Like, ma'am. So she does that. He pulls up. She texts her brother. Her brother comes. And what happens? You know, her and dude start talking outside, Steve. Steve starts begging for her to stay with him, talking about how he going. Did he say he's something like he going to kill himself? I can't remember if he said that. I can't not. remember if he said something like he don't know what he'll do to himself or something. I was like textbook. Oh my god, they love doing. He's that. a narcissist. <sighs> textbook shit. So she's just like in that moment with him, and so then they decide to sit down and start talking. And then the brother Byron, Byron pulls up for Benny, and he starts going off on dude, and dude starts saying, "Oh, so you think you could just pop up now?" And be there for Benny and when he wasn't there for... I was like, yo, this man's mouth is very vicious. Mm-hmm. This man Steve's mouth is very he knows vicious. How to get under people's skin. Yes. He knows how to, like, he knows what their ticking point is and he knew how to use that as a way, as a weapon, basically. Yes, his mouth is a weapon. Just as much as his hands are, his mouth is a weapon. And so, uh, Byron ends up kicking his ass and the police come. Now, I wonder if that footage is going to get out in the media because, sure. yeah, because I'm surprised it hasn't already. Now, I know I the time. Too. I was like, yeah, I guess he just hasn't been identified yet. But in the next episode, basically, the next episode was about him going to jail. We find out that he did have like a moment with his parents before where they kind of had the black man talk with him about, you know, how life is unfair as a black person, especially as a black male. And how you have to be careful what you say and what you do outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but his mother gave him that that space to let it all out at home. But she said, you do that here, but never outside. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn. Unknowingly, that shaped his whole life. So he was able to excel and succeed, but he could never get that out. Like he never had the, the will the to fight back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess that was kind of that and the, and the girlfriend, that's, that's what she, the purpose that she served that propelled him to speak out at the, at the panel discussion and say, cause he did end up going after he got out of jail. Benny got him out of jail and stuff like that. I already told you all about how she was trying to tell the police officer what's been going on. And they were basically giving her to run in the middle, like, it's going to be hard to prove this man was beating on you because you stayed for so long, which is like a mind fuck in itself. And this is why so many survivors don't come out for so long because you're being told every minute, oh, you should have said something that night right after you pulled yourself up off the floor. Mm -hmm. 
You should you you shouldn't have even thought twice about it. You should have said something. Um. So anyway, she went through that. She got him out of jail. She was able to put some makeup on his face to hide the little bruise. And he was able to go to the panel discussion and talk. And some black girl in the audience asked him, like, what's the hardest part of this job or something like that? Or what's it like? And he ends up giving her the real. And all the people, it's like, it's a clear depiction of how it is, at least in in many career fields, that he is the only black man on like an eight-person panel <laughs> discussion of all white men and, and a couple females. And then there was a bunch of different races in the audience that were also interested in this career field of marine biology. So anyway, you know, he ends up giving the real and saying how it's traumatizing and we have to work and we have to use our anger to fight in the right way to fight against this type of thing. And that they're not when they think of a CEO, they're they're thinking of sending me out person that looks like me out to the masses to talk about this work. but they're not thinking of hiring me in that place of power as a CEO. So he gets a round of applause and it looks like it's going viral uh-huh. on social media. I was trying to read those text messages. Them text messages on these TV shows be annoying me. Cause I'd be like, what does it say? I'll be always like, like freeze frame. Right. <laughs> like so what, what did that person say? And, and then we had to record the podcast. So I was just like, okay, I, I can't, I can't pause it. I'll find out later. They'll bring it up in the recap next episode. If it's important. He's in the car. So the car, some little, like, what is that car called? That black, um, was it a Tesla Jeep or something? Some kind of infamous Jeep. I've seen that before. It's the same car, actually, that Steve has, but it's the sister that pulls up when he pulls up to the house by um, Benny, because Benny said she was going to make dinner and they were going to be brother and sister and take care of each other and focus on each other. And then the sister pulls up. And then the sister and them, you know, they talk. And I was surprised to see Benny because she was very apprehensive about the girl. And I just thought she was going to go into a state of shock. Oh, I missed the part where Steve, in the midst of that, Steve comes to the house gaslighting out of Benny and then also telling Benny she's nothing without him. But Benny got through that, long story short, and came in the house and just cried it out and cooked her food after that. So kudos to her. And she blocked that dude. So then, like I said, they come in the house. Benny's there cooking. And she's like, what the hell? Benny actually ends up opening up to the girl, to the sister. What's her name? Matilda. Some, I think that's her middle name, Matilda. I can't remember. Megan. Something like that. Matilda, whatever. And um, Benny and Byron, they all sitting at the table opening up to each other they start them and then the the lawyer comes so also we found out that the lawyer was and and the mom which we called that we knew they were seen we thought that was their father but it was like no there's oh no not their father we thought well their father was um what's his name not gideon bert Bert. yeah i can't remember his nibs Bert slash Gibbs. <laughs> we thought that their fa- that their father was a different person, and that the lawyer might have been Gibbs. But it turns out Gibbs was Bert, aka their father. Um, but we were right 
that they did have something romantic going on with each other. It's just that they were two widows, basically a widower or whatever, however you say for the man. So um, that they both knew each other's partners. So they had some little fling going on. And I think that recording, do you think that recording was still recording when they were talking? When she was talking about, uh, I'm so sorry that like the sickness got in the way of us. And he's like, don't you be sorry for that. And he was like kissing her hand and stuff Mm. like that. And then she touched the phone and it looked like when she touched it, it started recording a new uh, thing. But I'm like, what are the chances that it recorded on the last recording about them? And that's how the kids are going to find out. Oh, so you was effing on my mom. Oh, I think they. I wonder if they knew them. Well, what's her name did try to ask in like the first or second episode. She tried to ask him, "Is that all the only reason why you're invested in this?" And he just was like, "Oh, I have to leave," you know. And that was like one of the first episodes. So if I see that clip in one of the recaps of one of the next episodes, I'm gonna. Oh, they gonna find out. Mm-hmm. They're going to find out. They, they There's no reason why they will not. I believe, I would bet money, they're going to find out. They're <laughs> going to find out. So, lastly, old girl ends up finding out that, or at least what we think, the kids tell her, Benny and, and Byron tell her, okay, we don't know for sure if this is your father, but she was raped when she was working in Scotland for some time. And we believe that's who that was around the time that you was born. So she just is like, her whole world is blown up. Matilda. She's just like, okay, not only am I black and white, but now black, black and um, Asian and white, nowhere near Sicilian. (laughs) But, (laughs) But on top of that, I also a product of rape. You know, and I can imagine how hmm? so it's a lot to process. That's a lot. That's a lot. I understand why she was like, Yeah, this was a mistake because I'm on, I'm already finding out that my parents aren't my parents. Um, my whole existence is quote unquote a lie, and then my whole existence came from an assault to my birth mother. Like, I wasn't even made out of love. Imagine hearing that. So, yeah. That's basically what happened. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, we end up finding out at the end, Benny goes and talks to her and she comes back and they end up listening to the tape. And we find out that it wasn't Eleanor that decided to give her away. It was indeed something else. Someone She was taken. She was taken. So that's the 12 minute recap. <laughs> I tried to go as fast as I could and no, skip over can. little details. You but... did good. You did good. <laughs> so, yeah, so we will keep y'all posted on the next episode of Black Cake. But in the meantime, in between time, let's get into this philanthropy highlights. All right. Get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Because you and I got the do for all right so for this week's philanthropy highlight we're going to be highlighting my sister's place and my sister's place are shelters support and empower survivors of domestic violence and their children 
while providing leadership and education to build a supportive community. And there's so many different ways that you can kind of get involved. You can donate your time, your money, your talents, or we are really, they're looking for some volunteers to dedicate about two to four hours of their time once monthly during the weekend to help people move. And another thing that is happening is, you know, it's the holiday season. You know, we just experienced Thanksgiving and Christmas is right around the corner. And for this season, they will have over 250 families that they will be taking um, shelter in their community housing programs. And they want to be able to give each family the opportunity to celebrate the holidays in a way that is meaningful for them. So they're seeking, seeking all your help and purchasing gift cards for the families, which will allow parents to pick out their own gifts for their children and provide empowerment and agency during a difficult time. So to find out more about how you can get involved and how you can help out, please visit mysistersplacedc.org. I love that because it's so tough around the holiday season um, for people to try and keep a smile on their face or even to try to escape. Yeah. Um, you know, that sometimes is the breaking point. So I love, especially with all that's gone on in, in the media in the past two weeks. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you can make sure you guys follow us on all of our socials at Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. Yes. And especially Instagram. Yes on Instagram and we will see you guys. Wait. And also we have to tell them, make sure that you uh, rate us and follow us on Spotify Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Next week I will. Yeah. I think we'll have a next episode. (laughs) I will have a recap of the Beyonce film. Oh yeah. Yes. Next Sunday I'm taking my mom to see it. Um, so I really would love to see her ex- her reaction to it because she didn't get to go to the show. And I know that's, you saw from this weekend, Kel, that, that that's totally her vibe. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram or Kel on Instagram, on our personal Instagrams, you'll see that we had the drink party at my family drink night at my parents' house. And... A time was had. <laughs> we, was we are lucky that we recovered for today's episode. Barely. We just skipped, we skipped every drink. Yep. We all committed to that. And so we all survived. Because that's one thing they don't tell you with these drink games um, nights. Ain't no way you could drink a whole drink. <laughs> if you're trying to live to see another day. day. <laughs> <laughs> trying to live live fight another day okay you cannot drink the whole drink you gotta either have shot glass size drinks or a little straw or something and put it to the side okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um a time was had but i'm looking forward to seeing that i'm looking forward to the holiday season as well Kel, do you have any plans coming up in the next couple of weeks you relaxing from work things slowing down I hope so. <laughs> I'm gonna manifest that. I'm gonna manifest, yeah, manifest yes. that. We're gonna manifest that. We're gonna manifest a great week for y'all. Thank you for listening as always, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye. Bye. It's a vibe.